Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Merry Christmas. So good to see you here. So glad that uh, you made time to come to church on Christmas Eve. And my prayer is that you will have a great rest of the evening celebrating with friends and family and whatever traditions that you must do. Um, and by, in fact, by the way, how many of you would say that Christmas is your favorite holiday of the whole year? Put your hands up. If you say Christmas is your number one holiday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, that's most everybody. And I think, honestly, for, I think for most people, Christmas is their favorite holiday. It's one of my very favorite holidays. Um, and I love it for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is that I like to give. And my wife also likes to give too. In fact, we love to give, and we especially love when we are able to give just the right present to someone that we love. You know, especially like when you give the right present to your kids. Uh, when you give just that present, they, that thing that they've always wanted, and their face lights up like, oh, man, I love that, right? And I also love it when I'm able, I'm able to give them the gift that they were not expecting. Like the thing they didn't even know existed, but you know, like they're gonna love. I mean, when they open it, it's like, like it just blows them away. And I love that, all right? And I love so many things about Christmas. I love, I love the lights, I love the decorations. I even love the cheesy Hallmark movie, even though I know the business exec is gonna fall in love with the B&B owner at the end of it. I don't care, it's Christmas, I love it. It doesn't make any difference to me, right? And I love that, I love the food, I love the family, I love the fact that like it gets cold for a night or two maybe, that kind of thing. But I love, look, I love Christmas for a lot of reasons. But although it is hard to put your finger on like just one thing, right? And I think there's a reason for that. I think there's a reason that we love Christmas, but it's hard to put our finger on exactly why. And I think the reason is, and, and I'll have a Bible verse for this, and it's just what I thought, and it's just something that I've thought for years, and maybe by the end of tonight, you will think perhaps the same way. But I think that the reason why people love Christmas so much is because of what happened spiritually 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born. Because when that happened, it wove something into the fabric of this season that just makes it special for all of us. You see, during the Christmas season, you know, people have these feelings of happiness and joy and love and, you know, good cheer. And they have all these things, although they don't even know why they have them. But yet, all those feelings are there. And I think that they're there because of because what happened on that first Christmas night was so monumental. It was so cataclysmic. It was so epic that it had such a powerful effect on our world that it changed our world forever. It changed it forever. And and Look, again, I don't have a Bible verse for it, but I'm telling you, it's true. And even though our government and other governments would try to minimize the importance of Jesus, even by trying to change the way we, you know, calendar by taking B.C. and A.D. and now trying to change it to B.C.E. and C.E., and even though the political correctness climate of our culture would try to minimize Jesus by trying to get us to say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, even though governments and secular society would try to downplay the birth of Jesus, I'm telling you, 
the power of that spiritually seismic event of the birth of Christ changed the history of the world forever. And it spills out into just how we feel and behave at Christmas time. Let me show you what I'm talking about. And to do that, let's, let's, start, let's write, start by reading the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. So go ahead and pull out your message notes, and let's look at it together. In Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, here's what the Bible says. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. I want you to circle those two words. I want you to circle great joy. We're going to come back to it in just a second. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I want you to put a box around for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has has been born to you. Put a box around to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men. I want you to underline peace to men. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So let's look at this for a second. How did the birth of Jesus change the world forever? Well, let me show you. Here's the first way it changed the world forever. This is the first thing I want you to write down. It changed the world because in number one, True joy comes to the season. Because of the birth of Christ, true joy comes to the season. See, on that very first Christmas Eve, we get a glimpse of how Christmas was viewed from a heavenly perspective. Like, we know how Christmas is viewed from our earthly perspective. But because of what the angels said to the shepherds that night, we get a view of what Christmas Eve was, how it was looked like, from a heavenly perspective. And what was it that the angels said? The angels said, I bring you good news of great joy. He says, I bring you good news of great joy. Well, okay, well, what was the source of the joy? Well, it wasn't just the fact that a baby had been born. It wasn't even the fact that it was a miraculous birth by a girl who was still a virgin. And it wasn't the fact that, oh, this sweet young couple just had their first child. No, no, no. It's joy, it's great joy because a savior had been born. 
a savior had been born. And this is incredible news because up until this time in human history, the only way that sins could be forgiven was if there was an animal sacrifice involved. And so what that meant was that people would go to the temple or the synagogue or wherever it was they went to worship, and they would sacrifice an animal, whether it be a lamb or a sheep or a bull or something like that. And so when the animal was sacrificed, spiritually speaking, their sins were projected on that animal. And so when that animal was sacrificed, then their sins were taken away from them and they were forgiven. Well, this has several problems with it, as I think as you could easily see. You know, first off, spiritually speaking, what happens if you die and you had not been able to make a sacrifice for your sins recently? And so now you've got these sins because maybe you hadn't made it to the temple for a while or, you know, maybe you missed a time and you've got these sins. And then how, how are those sins going to be forgiven? And then it becomes problematic of, honestly, it's just the cost of the whole thing for families because they were offering these sacrifices weekly and, and on high holidays. And so it became burdensome for families to continue to offer these sacrifices, not to mention from the animal's perspective, they were ready for a change too, right? And so the birth of Jesus changed all of that because when Jesus was born, a Savior was born. A savior was born. And when Jesus died on the cross 33 years or so later, his death on that cross became our permanent sacrifice for sins. Because when he died, the sins of the whole world were put upon him. And then when he died, he took them upon himself, and then all the sins of the world are forgiven. If you accept that sacrifice for yourself. So look, here's the deal. If you're, I mean, if you're a Christ follower already, like you know this, because if you're already you know, saved, as some people like to say it, then you know that your sins are forgiven, and you know that you're gonna spend eternity in heaven, and that brings joy to your life. Which is also why that if you're not a Christ follower, maybe you're not, you're not sure if you're a Christ follower yet, why there's that certain sense of uneasiness that you have about what would happen when you die. There's that, there's that uncertainty of like, what, what really happens when a person dies? And that eerie sense that you have, or that unrest, or that uncertainty you have is there because your eternity is not settled yet. Like, you haven't dealt with your sins and, got, and they haven't been forgiven yet. Because that happens through Christ. And so, if you've never become, never become a Christ follower yet, you can become one tonight, here, on Christmas Eve. There's a prayer, it's in your bulletin. If you've never prayed that prayer before, pray it right now. It's on the back side of your sermon notes. Pray it, and become a Christ follower tonight. Now, inherent in, becoming, in praying that prayer is a commitment to follow Jesus from this point forward. That's, that, that's for sure, but... What I'm trying to tell you is that once you pray that prayer and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then your eternity is settled. You, you genuinely are forgiven. And I'm telling you, that brings a huge sense of relief. And that sense of relief brings joy. Which is why almost 3 billion people on this planet who call themselves Christ followers, who call themselves Christians, 
experience joy during the Christmas season because they come together to celebrate the birth of the one that has brought joy, the birth of the one who has become their Savior. And that joy that wells up inside every Christ follower, almost three billion on the planet, that spills over into our culture. But I tell you what, our culture doesn't know what to call that joy, so they call it things like Christmas spirit or holiday cheer. But what it is, is joy. It's true joy because Jesus is their Savior. And that brings So that's the first way the birth of Christ changes the world. Here's the second. Second way it changes the world is this, is that giving forever becomes more meaningful than receiving. Giving forever becomes more meaningful than receiving. Now look, now don't, don't, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that before Jesus was born that everybody just hated to give because they never got anything of it. No, 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 that's not true. I mean, we all know that it is more fun to give than receive, and so there's just something inherently good about giving, and, 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 and I think people did that. But what I am saying is this, is there was no universally accepted idea that it's more blessed to give than receive. I mean, did people give gifts? Sure, I mean, they did. They gave it like, you know, I'm sure birthdays and anniversaries, that kind of thing, but there was no global holiday where people just gave presents. There was no universally, universally accepted holiday that spanned cultures all over the world where people just gave to one another. None of that happened until after this first Christmas Eve. In fact, I want you to look what the angel says to the shepherds. I've reprinted it there for you in your bulletin. We've already read it, but let me reprint We've reprinted it. Verse 10. But the angel said to them, this is when the one angel shows up. He says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which we just talked about, that will be for all the people. That's the part I had you put a box around. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. You'd put a box around that as well. He is Christ the Lord. So look what this means. Look, Jesus was not born for the Jews. Okay? He was not born for Americans. He wasn't born for any one class of people. Jesus was born for every person in every corner of the world. Jesus is God's greatest gift to all of us. In fact, the most important verse in the entire Bible, John 3, 16, says, For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And see, what God did that very first Christmas, I'm going to tell you, it set the tone for every Christmas that would follow. Because wouldn't you say that giving is the central focus of Christmas? Yeah. And it all started because of what God did, because Even God knows that Christmas is far more about giving than it is about receiving. Now look, I mean, like, when you're a little kid, Christmas is primarily about receiving, isn't it? I mean, when you're a little kid, like, it was just all about the presents that you were going to get. But at some point in your life, that flipped, didn't it? I mean, look, not that you don't, anybody doesn't love to get a good gift. Everybody loves to get a good, good gift. But the joy for you comes when you give just the right gift. 
especially to someone that you love, especially to a child. I remember when uh, my son, Ben, was just a, just a little boy. Uh, um, I remember on one Christmas, all he wanted for Christmas was a cowboy hat. Like the, the, I mean, he was fixated. I mean, this kid, he wanted a cowboy hat. And so his mom and I, we found a little kid cowboy hat. But get this, it came with a duster. And so we're like, oh, this, this kid, he's going to go crazy when he sees it. Like, he's going to love it. And so we know we wrapped it up, put it under the tree. And so um, that Christmas Eve, when we were opening presents, when he reached for that box, like, I looked at Amy and she looked at me and we both smiled. Because, like, we knew, like, this kid's going to flip out when he, go, when he opens this box. And so sure enough, he got the present and he opened it up. And as soon as he opened it up and he saw it and he realized what it was, like, he let out one of those, like, those little kid screams. He was like, ah! like that. And then he, I, he tore off that, Christmas, that cute Christmas sweater that Amy had put him in. And he put on that duster and he put on that little hat. And I'm telling you, he was beaming ear to ear. In fact, I brought a picture of it with me. Let's put this thing up there. Yeah, look at him. Yeah, isn't that cute? I mean, yeah. He wore that thing for days and would not take it off. And I'm telling you, when that little sparkle hit his eyes, I'm telling you, the joy in our hearts tripled. Okay, so think, 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 about, think about this. Think about your heavenly father. When God gives you a gift, a blessing in your life, whether it's something at work or at school or in your family or whatever, whenever God gives you a gift and, and, and you're just about to receive, you're just about to realize what it is, can you imagine the joy and the anticipation in his heart just as you're about to receive it? And then once you open it and you realize what it is, you know, whether it's that, you know, that promotion or that grade or that, you know, that whatever, and that sparkle hits your eyes, I'm telling you, the joy in his heart triples. And, and, and if you're a Christ follower, think back to the day when you prayed that prayer to become a Christian, when you prayed to become a Christ follower. Think about moments before you prayed that prayer. When our Heavenly Father, when, you re, when he realized that you were about to open the gift of Jesus for yourself and accept Jesus for yourself, can you imagine the excitement that filled his heart as you were about to open the greatest gift that you would ever open in your entire life that would change your eternal destiny forever? Can you imagine how he felt in that moment just right before you did that? Oh, I'm telling you, our Heavenly Father was elated because it's always better to give than to receive. So look, I'm just telling you, it, 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 if you have, if you're already a Christ follower, like you know this to be true. You, you know that having that gift of Christ has changed you. How much it's been for you and how, it changed, how it's changed your life. And so for those of you that just accepted Jesus a few minutes ago, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says that if even one person accepts Christ, that there's great rejoicing in heaven. So for you, there is great rejoicing in heaven right now because of you. And if you're not ready to become a Christ follower yet, you know, you know you're just, just not, for whatever reason, you're just not ready to cross that line. Listen, I'll tell you what. There's still great anticipation in God's heart as he waits for you to choose that gift. Just at the thought of you 
choosing that gift at some point in your life, the anticipation that God has is great, and he waits. And you look, and it's, it's okay. I mean, if you're not ready, then you're not ready. But when you do, I just want to tell you, God is waiting for you to make that choice in your life. Because I'm telling you, giving has forever become more meaningful and important than receiving. Okay? All right. Here's the third thing. Here's the third, th- third way that that first Christmas Eve changed our world. And that's this, is that peace becomes possible. Peace becomes possible. Now, I'm not talking about world peace, although there are stories from, from World War I and World War II where battles ceased on a Christmas day. But I'm not talking about world peace. I'm actually talking about peace with God. I want you to remember what the angels said. In Luke 2, verse 11, I've reprinted it there for you. Actually, verse 13, it says this. Says, Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts, those are just angels, by the way, a great company of the heavenly hosts or heavenly angels appeared with the angel, the one that came first, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Okay, so let me, let me set the stage. Let me paint the picture so you can see the importance of these two verses and hope it'll become clear for you. Okay, Jesus is just about to be born into this tiny little town of Bethlehem. And the angels, they have known Jesus since the dawn of time. They've known Jesus for all of eternity. And so, but the only capacity in which they have known Jesus is as the king of kings. They've only known him as the Lord of lords. They've only seen him as the one who sits at the right hand of the throne of God. They've only known him as the son of God whose glory and majesty eclipses anything that you could ever imagine. But yet they know that he is about to be born into a human body and he's gonna be born as a savior. So can you imagine, can you imagine the amount of excitement that must be rippling through heaven as the birth of Jesus draws closer and closer and closer and closer? And then finally, it happens. Finally, Jesus is born. And God gives permission for one of the archangels to just show up and uh, show up and to some shepherds that are in the hillside nearby, just out on the outskirts of the city of Bethlehem, to proclaim the birth of the Son of God who is going to change forever the history of the world. And then just as, it, as if the spiritual realm can no longer contain their excitement, it says if the excitement in heaven has now reached to a fever pitch and it just can't be suppressed any longer, all of a sudden... Like the whole heavens are filled with thousands and thousands and thousands of angels. The Bible says that it's a great company of angels, which is the same language used in the book of Revelation to describe the amount of angels that surround God's throne. In the book of Revelation, it says that those, number, those angels number 10,000 times 10,000. Well, by my math, that's a hundred million angels. Can you imagine the scene? So this is not just some choir of like 10, 20, 30 angels. This is so big, it fills the sky, and the shepherds have no idea. They can't even begin to count it. So they just go, it's just a great company of angels, which by the way, just means like it was just a lot. That's what it was for them. Okay, so now, like why is all that so important? 
so important. <laughs> because it means that Jesus offers you and me peace with God. Because prior to anyone becoming a Christ follower, the Bible says that we are in conflict with God. That we are hostile toward God. Because our sins have not been dealt with yet. But when Jesus steps out of heaven and into this earth, it sets in motion a chain of events whereby Jesus will one day be crucified on a cross so that our sins can be dealt with, so that our sins can be forgiven. And if you would accept Jesus as your personal Savior, then you could have peace with God. So let me ask you, do you already have peace with God? Has there ever come a time in life when you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and pledge your life to following him? Because I'm telling you, you're going to always have that, that unsettled feeling in your heart until you get things settled with God. I remember when I became a Christ follower. I was 11 years old. It was uh, in my little church growing up. Um, we had a balcony, and so my family, we always sat in the balcony. And, um, and I remember sitting there and for weeks. Like, I had this inner turmoil in my soul because I did not have peace with God. Like, I knew that I, because I had not yet accepted Christ, I knew that if I died, I would not spend eternity in heaven with God because my sins had not been forgiven. And I'm telling you, that created so much unrest. And, and I wanted peace with God. Oh, I wanted. And in our church at the time, like they didn't have a prayer that was printed in the bulletin that you could pray. You had to walk down to the front of the church in front of everybody to pray that prayer with the pastor. Well, that was way intimidating for me as an 11-year-old. And so I, I fought it. And, but finally, I remember one day, I wanted that peace with God so badly that I didn't care who saw, I didn't care who was watching, I didn't care what people thought, so I tugged on my dad's coat and I asked him if he would walk down there with me, which of course he did, and I went down and I prayed that prayer with my pastor, and I'm telling you, when I finished praying that prayer, the peace of God filled my 11-year-old heart, and I've never been the same again, and I want to be telling you it gave me peace with God and you can have that peace too and so if you've never prayed that prayer I want to encourage you pray that prayer tonight and let God's peace fill your heart and life because look when Jesus came to this earth when he was born on that starry night in Bethlehem a little over 2,000 years ago Jesus brought joy, he brought giving, and he brought peace. Not just for that Christmas, but for every Christmas thereafter. And that spills over into our lives. And it's changed our world forever. So, would you bow your head, close your eyes, let me pray for us. Oh, Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that his birth changed everything. That it literally, it changed the fabric of our world. That that spiritual event changed everything for all of us. And so I want to, I, I pray for those that 
accepted your son into their lives tonight for the very first time, that you would help them grow and deepen in their walk with you and follow you with all their heart. And for those of us that already know you, I ask that you would help each one of us to celebrate you appropriately tonight. So thank you that everybody here has made space in their Christmas Eve for the most important thing, to celebrate and focus on the birth of Jesus Christ because he is the one that changed it all for all of us for all time. So we want to say thank you for him. And we pray that you would help us to worship and adore him with all of our lives for the rest of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.